Good morning, folks. It's Oliver Callan here until 10 o'clock this morning. How is the form? It is Thursday now, the 6th of July. We're out of the woods as regards the week. And Friday is calling us like a like a fun stranger that you haven't met yet. 51551, that is the text number. If you're up north, text down to us, studio, followed by your message to 80889. This morning... Uh, we've a brand new, freshly printed author from the West who's going to come in to us for a chat. He's one of the, he's got one of the most exciting debut novels for some time. I know you hear that a bit, but this is true this time. It's called Kala. Everyone who's involved in the books world and in the literary world are whispering breathlessly about this one. It's a, a hotly anticipated new Irish voice in fiction, no doubt about that. It, it is literary, but it's also a page-whipping thrilling read, you know, uh, Crime and Time, and it's set in the west of Ireland. So uh, I'm, I really love this book and uh, it's hotly recommended. And I actually put down another book to read this one. So I'm looking forward to meeting Colin Walsh, who's coming into us this morning. It's a name to watch out and to read for. Uh, but the people in the bookshops are going to be recommending this one. That's, that's later anyway. Now to the papers and uh, what's in the papers again? Well, the RTE scandal. Hashtag RTE gate, I saw it for a while, uh, not catching on. It is now officially two weeks old today and it continues to eat all of the news. Who knew that on Irish Twitter the names of RTE executive board people would be trending? They're so on the way to becoming household names that maybe we'll have to refer to them as the talent. Now, um, what is the story? Well, the topic kind of changes by the day. Uh, the Irish Mirror, of course, is going for the barter account thing. So for flip's sake is the headline there, which is all about the posh flip-flops and uh, balloons and things like that. You can imagine some editors having fun with, with the, the various layers of this scandal and getting headlines out of it. Um, and as someone who works in the live entertainment industry and knows a lot of people there, I can only mildly express the astonishment uh, that everyone in that industry has towards the figures released yesterday that are across all the papers and that, that, that purport to show the cost of putting on Toy Show the Musical, which are now the bywords of a scandal. And, um, or as it should be known in accounting terms, Les Miserables, the wretched ones. Because, um, well, I'll, I'll give you the words. The very accomplished playwright and theatre director, Philly McMahon, you might have heard of Morning Ireland earlier, he tweeted yesterday a thought that kind of spoke for everybody uh, who has ever put on a live show and he says every theatre maker in the country is needing a lie down after hearing that Toy Show the Musical cost 2.7 million euro. Is that the country's most expensive theatre show ever produced? Your standard independent theatre company could make a decade worth of shows with that budget. Holy moly, he says. Imagine that. Ten years of theatre shows uh, and they wouldn't have recorded a loss of 2.2 million, by the way. Uh, Lisa Tierney-Kyo, she's another playwright. She pointed out the when everyone was sharing the, this graphic of the, the, the published figures yesterday that the management costs in the toy show figures were way, way ahead of the cost for creative. And she said this highlights so many issues around payments to writers versus, you know, the, the kind of the manager and executive types uh, who are involved in big productions like this. And so that's what she highlighted. And I'm looking at the um, Irish Independence coverage of it. And um, I see a picture of the cast who are involved in it and are obviously not the people who are getting the millions. And they're constantly, the photographs which were used for promoting it back in November, December when 
they were half still expecting this to be a success. Um, you know, they're now they're now being associated with this scandal unfairly, in my view. Most of them, of course, are children. I know some of the people who are the adults in it, and they're extremely talented people. They work so so hard, and um, there there they are in the photograph and, and and Toy Show the musical. I don't think is something that they're going to put down on their CV, to pull it mildly. But uh, maybe we don't need photographs of the children involved in it and maybe there are other people who are more responsible that uh, you could photograph instead. There, just a little a little tip from, from, the, from the, the live entertainment industry. Anyway, Miriam Lord, thankfully, on page three of this morning's Irish Times, has the tonic for all of this anger in her very colourful account of the hearing into the Erectus Media Committees, the musical, I suppose. And her play on the Barter account in the headline is that Orty had an on-the-batter account. So no one is better at playing with words than Miriam Lord in her doll sketch. And so she's talking about uh, how the media coverage is just talking about bombshell after bombshell and omni-shambles is a word that, that's referred to quite a bit. Actually, the front page of the Irish Daily Mail says more RTE bombshells on the way. It's kind of the same language that's being used. Last week it was on, it was under the bus. This week it's kind of bombshells and shambles and so on. So uh, Mary Lord writes by Yesterday morning, following a late-night dump of documents from management in Montrose, the media was breathlessly reporting one batter account bombshell after another as journalists combed through the spreadsheets. It was now officially a bomb shambles. Uh, then she says, less than a half an hour before their lunchtime start, this is the um, the deputies, deputies all morning talking about the RT account, Pascal Donoghue, the Minister for Public Expenditure, was asked his view on the latest release of information. I'm staggered, he spluttered, on the day when he should have been getting it in the neck after the release of the summer economic statement, but everyone was too obsessed with RTE to bother. So in between all the fun Miriam Lord is having, she's kind of raising this, this, this point that you do begin to wonder when one story dominates so much, two weeks of it now, uh, you wonder about all the other news that's not getting the attention that it should get and would normally be splashed in the front papers had it not been for the bomb shambles that's going on. Um, you know, the people who find good days to bury bad news. We had the horse racing thing, which went on for half an hour last week and then hasn't been mentioned since. Um, the, 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 the latest delays, there was a sneaking in of, of an announcement about more delays to the building of the Children's Hospital, which is now running longer than Fair City. And no one seems to know how much it's going to cost uh, not unlike Toy Show the Musical, uh, which was um, a little bit more expensive probably than Waterworld and the Titanic, the movie at this stage. And you barely have noticed that last Friday we had the worst ever figures for those misfortunate people living in emergency accommodation, hotels, B&Bs, uh, which are, you know, corporately referred to, um, emergency accommodation, rather corporately, I think that is. 12,441 souls are living homeless in that sort of humiliating shelter and a sort of shelter that literally did not exist in this country a decade ago. 3,699 of them are children. And, and by the way, sometimes they're written in shorthand as the homeless figures. But that figure, the homeless figure, is much, much higher. These are just our citizens who are in hotels, in B&Bs and family hubs. The rest of the homeless are not included in these figures. They're the, the couch crashers, the living with grannies, car sleepers, tent sleepers, rough living humans among us who don't have a home. Uh, and it's a huge, uncounted number in a country with full employment, never had as many people working as we do right now. And the billions in loose change that we hear every now and again from the multinationals who are accidentally paying more tax than they hoped for. I ask you, in the name of all that series, 51551 is the text number. Uh, as therapy, let's go back to Miriam Lord's piece where it concerns the high chieftains of Kerry 
because she says here that um, uh, well, Brendan Griffin was doing the question. He's a TD from Kerry, and he was he was talking about the cost of the toy show, and he says, you know, this is the equivalent of every of every license fee. Uh, license fee payer in all of Tralee and Killarney. So she says, Danny Healy Ray padded in soon afterwards, perhaps irresistibly attracted by the mention of two towns in Kerry by his constituency rival, Brendan Griffin. He sat at the side wall because all the seats were taken and he fell fast asleep within minutes. He opened his eyes briefly a few times during a pugnacious performance from Sinn Féin's Imelda Munster, but then wisely beetled out in the middle of that. I love the idea. <laughs> With Danny Healy Ray, he wants to get away from it all and get some much needed afternoon shut eye. He just thinks, where will I get a good nap? And he heads for the RT Committee Inquisition and promptly just falls asleep. You know, that's, that's meditation, mindfulness, Leinster House style. And uh, by the way, incidentally, the Dolls final sitting before its two month uh, summer recess is this day week. So they're... <laughs> They won't have an on-the-batter account. Um, they're on-the-batter. It takes some nerve for TDs with unvouched expenses to be probing other people's expenses. But there you go. Uh, that's uh, well worth it. That's a, that's a good read this morning, Miriam Lord. I can breathe a little bit more. Unlike the Taylor Swift fans who are, are across the media as well today, because if you have a Taylor Swift fan in your life, there is such a, there's an unprecedented demand for Taylor Swift tickets for her era's tour. Um, and this is like worldwide hype. Now, you've known about things that sell out in 30 seconds and you can't get tickets and they're on sale straight away for a thousand quid in hotels. But the Taylor Swift sales are at a different level because not only are you going to be logging on to the ticket sales site and waiting forever with your five devices, people had to register for the chance to actually have the chance to buy tickets. Um, so they would have got the emails yesterday. The Taylor Swift fans, the Irish Examiner tells us, after much anticipation, Irish Taylor Swift fans waited patiently for their inboxes to light up yesterday afternoon with the news they'd been waiting for. Had they been selected to receive an access code for tickets to the singer's Eras tour in Dublin, or had they been put on the wait list? Uh, but instead, fans were treated to some unexpected news. Taylor Swift was adding another Dublin date. So she's added a third date. Uh, this is June. Uh, so She's already doing... June the 28th and June 29th next year. So Sunday, June 30th has now been added. And she also announced that her support act for the gigs will be Paramore. Cue the Swifties breathing into paper bags and trying to calm themselves down. But even with the extra gig, people were put on the wait list and they, some of them had the chance to buy tickets and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so lots of excitement. By the way, incidentally, Hot Press has said that because of this new date that Taylor Swift has announced, it means that she cannot possibly headline Glastonbury 2024. Eagerly eager eyes and eager eagle eyes in the hot press spot of that um, so the third date was announced so there's no possibility of her doing um, Glastonbury next year so there you go what are the ticket prices her most recent performance you know, Taylor Swift's 28 shows oh this is 2018 uh, they're talking about the uh, well, you don't know how much they're going to cost the last time the tickets were sold were up to 144 quid per ticket and maximum of, of maximum of four tickets this time Swifties are gone apoplectic uh, meanwhile, Twisted Doodles, who's a very fun, funny Twitterer, has said, I didn't get a ticket code for Taylor Swift at Dublin. So instead, I'll be perform performing a tribute act called Tato Swift, where I'll be eating crisps while lip syncing to Antihero, which is one of the big singles. 
Uh, and she said, I actually don't know anyone who got a code, but I looked at Twitter and it's people all over the world. Also put down Dublin. Wait until they see the price of hotels. Ah, so the Taylor Swift fans, obviously you couldn't get tickets in a certain city. They go, right, I'm going to Dublin. Uh, I'll do anything for Taylor Swift. Oh, <laughs> they don't know. They don't know what's going on. And uh, Twisted Doodles, by the way, is a good name because she's also a very talented cartoonist and very funny things. In fact, I think Twisted Doodles has a a great cycle in the life of the Healy Rays where they, um, you know, shout about something and then everyone's outraged about their outrage and then they claim that they're outraged about the outrage towards their outrage and that comes back to a circle of them beginning to get outraged about something like climate change and, and stuff like that that goes on. Speaking of Twitter and all of that jazz, uh, Meta, which is the Facebook company behind Instagram and Facebook, uh, they've set up a rival to Twitter. They think, you know, with Twitter's problems, which are many and have been discussed everywhere, it's a bit of a disaster since Elon Musk took over. They've spotted a gap in the market. People want to go to somewhere that's a little bit more organised and can actually cope with everything and is going to be a little bit more moderated. So they've set up a Twitter rival very sneakily called Threads, obviously from Twitter Threads. And they started it last night um, the CEO Mark Zuckerberg of Meta announced that they actually brought forward the app's debut by 15 hours to 7pm Eastern Time in the United States. And in the first four hours of Meta's Twitter rival, they logged 5 million users in those first four hours. And then in the first seven hours, it ended up at 10 million. So it is growing very, very fast. Um, it is like the, the original Facebook mantra to move fast and break things and they're doing that. So the app closely resembles, the Irish Times telling us this morning, Irish app, the app closely resembles Twitter visually, although some of the wording has been changed. So with retweets are called reposts and tweets are called threads. And Meta has not been averse to copying rival products in the past, including the 2020 launch of Instagram's Reels feature, noted for its similarity to TikTok's short form videos. Uh, Meta's also re- rolled out threads in the wake of a, the turtling period at Twitter Yes, we know all of that. And um, where is it available? It's available across the world. Well, it's unavailable over here, isn't it? Oh, sorry. Yes, it says it here. Um, it launched midnight in the United Kingdom and the United States. It's freely available in 100 countries on the Apple and Google App stores. But regulatory concerns mean it will not be available in the EU. And that's to do with the Irish Data Protection Commissioner, who has highlighted compliance issues. And they've given them um, the Facebook companies. A, a, a certain deadline to get their stuff and get their house in order before they're allowed to carry on as normal with Instagram and to launch threads, we presume. Um, some sad news if you're a nightclub goer in Dublin. A popular Dublin city centre nightclub has announced its closure, citing the cost of living crisis and restrictions as the reason for shutting up. Tramline, it's called, is on Delir Street in Dublin. Uh, welcomed its revellers through the doors of the capital seven years ago. So it was a popular place for students and um, older rockers as well. So they informed the public on Instagram yesterday. Great regret and sadness we announced the closure of Tramline. There was a Tramline, wasn't there, in um, in Rath Mines, which closed a very, very long time ago? Tramco was it called? Yes, I knew that there was some sort of connection. Tramco was a nightclub there. But this is the, the pattern of nightclubs closing around the country. And uh, including in Dublin and the concern about the night industry. And I remember being in this probe the first uh, about three years ago talking about the promises to reform the night industry. And um, those reforms haven't happened. They've, they, like, the legislation moves very, 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 very slowly. Delia Street, by the way, that, that reminds me of my first time in Dublin. When I came to Dublin, I had to buy a street atlas. I was reading all the streets and get to, you know, the, get the 13A. From uh, I went to DCU, so I was an outsider, and I went onto a bus because I noticed people said the name of the place they're going to, so they knew what to charge for the ticket, and so I went on and said Dolly Dolly A Street, please, because it's you know it's D apostrophe O L I E. You're going. This must be from the French. Dol Street, please. What Dolly A Street? You what? 
It's Delier Street, mate. And he just sighed and pressed the button and it made all that. And anyway, I've, I've, I still feel tiny little shivers of shame about that. Um, don't be ashamed. <laughs> ashamed. Oh yes, this is also related to um, Twitter threads and all that jazz. Mobile phones are going to be banned from classrooms in the Netherlands from next year. I thought they were already banned everywhere, but anyway, um, by school by school basis. But this is an actual legal ban. Mobile phones, tablets, smart watches as well are going to be banned from classrooms in the Netherlands from the 1st of January 2024, the Dutch government has said. Uh, it's a bit to limit distractions during lessons. Devices will only be allowed if they are specifically needed during lessons on digital skills or medical reasons or for people with disabilities. Um, they need to be able to concentrate. It's the result of an agreement between the Ministry of Education, schools-related organisations. Um, schools can find their way to organise the ban. Aha! But legal rules will follow uh, because they're going to do a review by the summer of next year to see, is it working or will we have to bring legal rules? What are they going to do? Call the cops if someone's got a... Got a, got a, a thing on? That, that seems very strange. In movie news, because we're looking towards the weekend, the um, Mission Impossible movie called Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. This is the seventh Mission Impossible film. It is getting rave, rave reviews. Peter Bradshaw, who's a hard man to please in The Guardian film critic, one of those proper snooty film critics, uh, what does he say? He says, This outrageously enjoyable spectacle has compelled my awestruck ascent with its sheer stamina, scale and brio. It is the seventh in the Mission Impossible franchise with Tom Cruise starring as Ethan Hunt, the mysterious, super-fit leader of a top-secret intelligence combat unit called the Impossible Mission Force. There you go. Brought in by the shadowy US government when they want deniable stuff doing. They could have just opened a barter account and they wouldn't have needed IMF to do deniable stuff. But of course that's out in the open. It's very transparent and uh, completely safe and nothing illegal has happened or no one's been accused of anything illegal. Um, uh, so there you go Mission Impossible what is he saying uh, the way the franchise seems to strain at something crazily bigger with every film as opposed to just winding it down is something to something to wonder at um, so that comes out on the 12th of July in Ireland um, it's a Tom Cruise film you know Tom Cruise is a hard man to love but oddly very watchable I mean Tom Topicon Maverick I just remember fun planes I don't remember being irritated by Tom Cruise or anything he just he just seems to be able to overcome all of our our, our preconceptions about the man okay it's 51551 that is the text number we're underway it's nearly 25 past 9 let's get a track are you into the Foo Fighters I hope you are this is a fun way to start good morning all That's the Foo Fighters and uh, Wheels, obviously, because they're going to hammer home, home that point towards the end. And really, well, you never thought you'd see the Peaky Blinders and uh, Killian Murphy and all that in the same news story as Ron DeSantis' presidential campaign. But such is the bizarre nature of Ron DeSantis' 2024 presidential campaign that he, puts out these, he put out a strange video uh, last week. Or no, just the other day. And it included clips of former President Donald Trump, who's obviously his main rival for the Republican nomination for that election next year. And it, uh, it, he, he basically, Ron DeSantis' point 
is that uh, Donald Trump has embraced LGBT campaigns in the past and saying well, what this guy you know is not anti-LGBT enough to be the Republican nominee and there's clips of um, Donald Trump saying that he's, he supported LGBT plus rights um, he's, he said that um, Caitlyn Jenner had the right to use her own bathroom and he was discussing allowing transgender women to compete in Miss Universe pageants obviously stuff Trump had said before he ran for president but in this clip um Ron DeSantis then to say that he is the opposite to all these cuddly pro-LGBT rights. He kind of has images of himself next to clips from films from American Psycho and kind of ripped British actors like Christian Bale, Brad Pitt and the tough guy image, you know, the kind of muscular shirtless men and the kind of Hollywood fictional tough men. And among them was the Peaky Blinders star Killian Murphy as Thomas Shelby. And uh, it's just, no one quite understands what the whole point of it is. Like, real men are basically slightly homophobic, I think was the point, including these fictional characters. So the Peaky Blinders team and Killian Murphy felt strongly enough about it. They released a joint statement to say, we do not support nor endorse this video's narrative and strongly disapprove of the use of the content in this manner. And also Caitlyn Jenner's had her say, saying um, that it was horribly divisive. DeSantis has hit a new low and rights campaigners, uh, even including LGBT plus members of the Republican Party, which is the party that, you know, nominated Trump and probably do so again, um, describe this as, basically criticise it and describe it as homophobic. So just very, very odd. Ron DeSantis' campaign is crashing Badly, bigly, bigly crashing, which if you're a Joe Biden fan is the good thing because they reckon Joe Biden, the only person can beat is actually Trump. Um, also, by the way, a reminder, we were chatting to the, the author Owen de Vardoon the other day, great crack we had with him, and the slug and the snail was a book he was talking about following the two slugs travelling together and they meet a crow who asks them where their home is and then they... There's the othering that goes on and it has uh, the kind of cultural significance for for traveller for travellers in Ireland. It's a really nice story and it's a great way for teaching children about respect and belonging. That book, The Slug and the Snail by Owen the Vardoon is out today. So I thought a little a little reminder there. 51551 is the text number. Somebody saying our Foo Fighters track was very like Tom Petty learning to fly. Yes, there are nods coming from uh, the music heads behind the glass this morning. Uh, getting a bus regularly to the south side. I listen to poor tourists trying to pronounce Dunlera, says Ashling here. <laughs> Is it Dun- Dunlera? Oh my God, a Donegal in Galway? We have good fun with Americans, uh, but we don't really help them, do we? Uh, especially when we, when we insist on calling it Dunlera, as we did for, for a while there. And Amelda Murphy says she's on the wait list for Taylor Swift. Nothing else. There's just like a chasm of sad swiftiness happening in that text as well. Uh, Colin Walsh, our exciting new author that I plugged at the very start of the show, has a great story for us because Kala is the novel everyone's talking about. Small town, claustrophobia of secrets in small town Ireland. You're going to enjoy it. Back after this. 